0: Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor-Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. My name is Dave. If we haven't met before, welcome to Connect Church. So glad that you took the time, whether you're joining us uh, online today or you're here in person. Uh, thank you for taking the time there. And today we're actually Uh, kicking off a new series called Empowered, and uh, we're just going to be looking over the next couple weeks of what does it look like to see the Holy Spirit working in our life. Uh, Towards the end of the month, we'll celebrate Pentecost Sunday, um, and we often think about that in terms of the Spirit, and we'll certainly talk through that, but uh, there's so much that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life, and so I'm excited over these next few weeks. Uh, But today, we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit searches for us. I don't know if you've ever ended up in a situation like me where you lost something and you went frantic trying to figure out where you put that. And uh, I remember being in college, I uh, I lost my guitar tuner. And it was very small, like the size of an index card. And uh, Pastor Frank and I both went to the same college, and we could t- tell you that the dorm rooms were very small. We're talking like 10 by 6. Like these were not, they were cells. They were not, they were not dorm rooms, right? And so we were there and uh, I couldn't find my guitar tuner, and so I figured, well, this is not going to be very hard. Like, we're talking very small amount of space, and I'm digging through the closet in the drawers, and I can't find it. So I started again. I'm checking the bathroom. I don't know why it would be there. Couldn't find it. And so eventually I was like, well, you know what? At the end of the year, when I have to clean up the room for the year, I'll find it then. I'm sure it's in a box somewhere, or whatever. I never found it. So either somebody took it or it just disappeared. I don't know. But I always seem to be losing stuff. My my kids will move things on me, and then I can't find it. My wife, she you know, get in trouble. But she moves things on me, uh, and, and then I can't find things. And so I, I feel like I'm always always searching for something uh, within the house or things that belong to me. But even beyond that, I think there's an enjoyment factor for me when I search for things. Like I get excited when like we're, if we're gonna buy something, I get excited to like do the research and like what what it's gonna be. I recently. Um, my son moved into a, to a different bedroom of our house, and so we decided we were going to get him a smart speaker to play uh, the ocean noises at night. I don't know if any of you do that, but that's our home. we got to have ocean noises. And so um, I didn't want to pay, like, a bunch of money for something that was going to do one, one function, and so I went on Facebook Marketplace, and I'm like, I'm just going to find one there. And there was just something about doing that search, like, 20 times a day, like, is there a new one there? Is there one in my area? You know, that just kind of got me excited, and I enjoyed that. And so I just kind of like searching for things and that kind of thing. But what I've also noticed is I don't enjoy when I'm the one being searched. When someone's questioning me and they're searching maybe my motives or they're searching my desires or why I made this decision or that decision. When they reveal something maybe that I was trying to keep hidden, I don't like it. Maybe you found yourself there as well. And so today, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk how the Holy Spirit searches us. And our initial reaction might be, eh, I'm not sure that I I, I want that. Right. I, I, I might not like that, but this is actually a good thing. And it's for our benefit uh, that this happens and this actually grows us. And so let's take a look uh, at this today as we process this. First, who does the searching? Right. We mentioned it's the Holy Spirit. And, and I just kind of want to give us as we start this series just a little bit of uh, background on the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is God. And, and we might say, like, oh, OK, like I knew that. Uh, but I think a lot of times we can know that in, in our head, but not necessarily live that way. Um, there was a time several years ago I was, I was teaching a group of young adults, and one of them made this statement, and it really stuck with me. He said, He said we often does the Holy Spirit like it's God's sidekick. Like, 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 like he's God Junior. Like he goes out and does the things that, that, that maybe God doesn't want to do. And, and again, we would probably never say that, but sometimes in our thinking, uh, we could think that way. Sometimes we could think, oh, the Holy Spirit is this this force in the world. No, the Holy Spirit is God. And without getting too far down a rabbit hole today, uh, the scriptures teach us about a concept that we call the Trinity. Uh, The word Trinity actually never appears within scripture, uh, but certainly the concept is there. And uh, if you're familiar with the old hymn, Holy, 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 right, we sing at the end of it. And I won't sing it for you because you're probably going to want to leave if I do. Uh, but God in three persons, blessed Trinity. And that's kind of like the, the soundness of the doctrine there. And so I just want to give us three quick thoughts on the Trinity to kind of help our mind uh, wrap around that. And I'm borrowing some of this language from from a pastor named David Hurtwick. He does a great job framing these things. Uh, and so first thought is this. God is three distinct persons with different roles, not one person who shows up in different ways. And so we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when I've taught this, I've often used the illustration of like, you know, I'm a father, I'm a son, and I'm a husband. And so I'm this one person, and I have these three roles. And that's a good illustration, but that falls short of, of the Trinity, right? Because I'm just one person. But the, but the Scripture will teach us know that God is actually three in persons, this three in one. And we see this. At creation, we see the Father, the Son, and the Spirit working. At Jesus' baptism, we see the Father, the Son, and the Spirit all at the same time, three distinct persons. But yet the second truth for us about the Trinity is this. Each of those persons is fully God. Jesus is no less God than the Father, the Spirit no less than the Son. Each person is fully God. And then the third truth is there is still only one God. And, and this is what's challenging to us, right? How could, It's a mystery. How could our mind wrap around this that it's these three persons, but yet it's just three in one? And uh, the early church fathers and mothers they had an illustration uh, that they used to kind of describe this uh, they would they would compare it to a dance in their day called the parochesis now I'm not going to demonstrate the dance for you either because again you you'd, you'd want to leave but but you can't you can't do it even with just one person or two people. The dance has to be done with three people, and the way that the early church fathers and mothers would describe this is that the three people would, would dance almost in a circle, and there was this give and take. I have zero rhythm, so you don't want to see me dance. But they'd have this give and take to it. And they said after a while, you wouldn't even be able to notice who, the, who was who. It would just kind of blur all together as they worked in unison. And that's the illustration that the early church would use to describe the Trinity. And so that just kind of puts a little bit of, of, of mindset for us. But it's the Holy Spirit who searches us, and the Holy Spirit is God. We see the Holy Spirit from cover to cover in Scripture. Sometimes in in, in our time of Pentecost, we could think often of, of the book of Acts and the Spirit's work in Acts. And that's certainly true. But it's not like the Holy Spirit just showed up on the scene in the New Testament. Like, OK, now's the time for the Spirit. No, from the beginning... Uh, we see this. We read in creation, the creation account, the spirit hovering over the waters. We read about the people when they had come out of the Exodus, they're about to build a tabernacle. And it says that the spirit was anointing people to cut stones and do the art- artistic side of it. We might not always think of the spirit in that way, uh, but that's what we read. We read of the spirit anointing kings and prophets and different people. And so the spirit is involved right from the start. And so it's the spirit that does the searching. Another question that we might want to ask is what's the Holy Spirit's role? And to kind of put it in one succinct way, I would say the role of the Spirit is to put the spotlight on Jesus. We read in Scripture that the Spirit gives us gifts for ministry. The Spirit gives us power to witness. The Spirit points us to truth. The Spirit convicts us of sin. It reminds us of Jesus' righteousness. It produces the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And so a way to summarize that is it's constantly, the Holy Spirit is constantly pointing us to Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 14, John 14, 26. He said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And, and the context of that verse is these are some of Jesus' last words to his disciples before he's about to be arrested. And so they just had the last supper. There's probably a lot of uneasiness. You know, Jesus had just talked about someone's going to betray him and, and they're kind of working through those things. But Jesus is telling them, "But guess what? You're going to have this advocate, and this is good for us. And he says the advocate's going to point back to him. It's going to remind him of everything that Jesus said and taught them. And so the role of the Spirit is to put the spotlight on Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is God. The role of the Spirit is to put the spotlight on Jesus. Where is the Spirit? John chapter 14 continues, and it says, Jesus said this, And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and he'll be in you. And so Jesus tells the disciples the spirit would be in them. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says that at salvation, we receive the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And so if you're watching with us online and all that's possible because of Jesus' righteousness, it's not because of our own righteousness or our own skill, but but Jesus And so when we talked about the spirit in the Old Testament, We would often read not that the spirit would be in people, but the spirit would would come upon them or dwell on them. Right. And so the spirit couldn't be in them because Jesus had not not done the ultimate work of salvation for us yet. But because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we can be the pure vessel that receives the spirit. And then Jesus says this, John 16. Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And this has always been a challenging verse to me, right? We're talking about the spirit and the spirit working in our life. And Jesus says, it's better for me not to be here and the spirit to come. And I think to myself, like, I don't know. I kind of think the other way. Like, like it would be so much easier if, if throughout the week I had Jesus literally standing next to me. And Jesus could say, okay, I want you to say this right now. I want you to make this decision. I want you to go over there. I want you to do this here. I'm, I'm like, that would be a lot easier for me. But I think that reveals how much we treat the Holy Spirit like God's psychic, right? Like, oh, yeah, it would be easier. No, but Jesus actually said it's better for the Spirit to be with us. And I think there's a couple of reasons. I think one of those is when Jesus was here on this earth, he voluntarily limited himself. Jesus had to eat. He had to sleep. Right. He couldn't be everywhere at once in in that moment. And So the impact in some way was limited. Right now, the spirit can be working in every single of our lives here. People that are watching online, people that are in another part of the world. Right. This this spirit is working. And, and, And so the spirit is dwelling in us. And this is for our benefit. Okay, All that sets us up to get back to our original question. How does the Holy Spirit search us? First thing is this. The spirit possesses the truth. In John 14, which we read before, Jesus called the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. And so the Holy Spirit is going to bring us into alignment with a standard of truth. Whenever we search for something, we often have a standard. I I mentioned before how I was looking for this this smart speaker for my son's room. And and I had a standard of truth of what I was going to pay for this. I didn't want to buy it in a store because I'm like, I'm going to have to pay what what I'm not going to use it for, right? And so I had a standard for that. Well, the same way in our life, we have to realize we're not the ones to set the standard of truth. The Spirit's going to do that for us. God is the author of truth. He sets the standard. And this can be difficult for us sometimes because there's moments where what God's standard of truth says does not line up with what we want to (laughs) do. I don't know if you've had this experience, and, it's, and oftentimes it can happen when you're driving to church, and maybe the people you're riding with, you know, you, you know the Spirit's telling you to be patient with those people in the car <laughs> with you, and you don't want to be patient at that moment. You know, they're saying something, or something happened, and you can have that struggle, right? We know the standard, but uh, I don't want to be there. And there's other moments where, where those things do line up, but maybe something that we need to think about is this, are we people that are willing to be put in alignment? What I mean is this, does our pride come so much in our life that we say, no, no, I got this. If we've gone through this week in these last few weeks and there's never been a moment where we looked at the truth of God and then we examined our life and we didn't see where we needed to grow, then the question would be, are we really open to the spirit work in our life? Because part of the spirit searching us is going to be reminding us of this truth, bring us into alignment. And so there's going to have to be a whole lot of humility to it. I don't know if you found yourself in the situation. I know I have often where I think I'm so sure of something. This person did that because of this, and I'm so sure of it. Or this is what needs to happen in this situation. But then all of a sudden, you get a little deeper into the situation, and you realize, I had no clue what I was talking about with that. I really thought I knew, but I didn't see the whole picture. And I think that kind of helps us understand this here, that like, you know what, we think we know what needs to happen, but we need the Spirit. To show us the spirit sees the whole picture. And so the spirit possesses the truth. The second thing we need to know is not that the spirit just possesses the truth, but the spirit actually guides us into the truth. He wants to move us to that point. John 16, 13 and 14 says this. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he'll make known to you. And so part of the Spirit searching us is guiding us into truth. And I think it's important we know that there's a difference between correction and condemnation. I, I mentioned before I don't like it when someone would question me or, or, or search me. And I think a lot of that in our lives is maybe we're afraid our, our, our image would be tarnished or, or we're going to lose some, some part of control that we have, maybe afraid of the consequences. But the motives of the Spirit are redemptive in our life. When the Holy Spirit is coming to correct us and show where we're out of alignment, the Holy Spirit's not ha- trying to have this moment where, oh, I, I got you. I, I don't know. The world that we live in right now uh, seems like there's a lot of gotcha moments. You know, someone says something, and I'll just say that back, and now they can't say, no, gotcha. you. But, th- but that's not the attitude of the Spirit. The Spirit is looking to gently correct us and love us. It's because of, of God's love for us that he does this. And if we think about Jesus' death and resurrection, he's already made the statement on how much he loves for us at the cross. And so anything that would come after that is, is for our benefit. But yet we know the enemy, the devil, will try to bring condemnation. The enemy will try, oh, you, you got stuck in that sin again. So You're never going to make it. You're going to be the same all the time. But the Spirit, rather, will correct us in that. Listen to what Hebrews says about correction, Hebrews 12. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And and, and so the very fact that the Spirit searches us and corrects us proves that God is working in our life. It proves that we're the children of God. And so we don't need to run from that. We don't need to hide from that. Is God holy? Yes. Does he call us to holiness? Yes. But he wants to guide us there and not beat us there. And and so the Spirit possesses the truth, and he's looking to guide us. It's for our good. Well, what does it look like to be guided by uh, the Spirit? Well, the first way is this, in Scripture. I would suggest that this is the primary way that the Holy Spirit is going to search our lives. As we read the Scripture, it should encourage us. It should also expose us. It should uplift us, and it should correct us. And, and, and so my encouragement to you would be when we engage with Scripture, go slow. Take time. Read read even multiple times. Something I, I started doing recently that's really been helping me is um, I have two different Bibles that I really enjoy the commentary in them. One is more of like a... Um, background and context of the times, uh, and the other one more focuses on how to see everything in light of the gospel. And I like both of these, but what I started doing the last few months is I'll read through one book of the Bible in, in one of those Bibles, and then I'll start again with the same book of the Bible in, in the other Bible. And just reading it that second time, uh, you would think like, oh, I just read this recently. What do I need to read it again for? I, I'm, I'm learning so much more, and I feel like the Spirit is challenging me so much more because my mind is just able to dwell on it more and spend some more time there and so so as we go through scripture I would encourage you take time move slow through that that's going to be the primary way that the spirit is going to search our life and if you need some help on like hey how do I begin to to walk through scripture just reach out we'd love to love to walk with you in that A- another way that the spirit can search us is in community the Holy Spirit will actually use other people sometimes to search us we see this in scripture uh, you may be familiar with King David and and, and, and the prophet Nathan has to come to him after after he, he uh, is a affair with Bathsheba and he kills Uriah. The prophet has to come to him and the prophet says, you're that man. in kind of a parabolic way, like he he exposes David and, and, and he kind of calls him out and God uses him in that way. Now, there's a couple of things for us to note here. If all we ever do is call somebody else out, <laughs> we got to be careful about that. Right. If, if all we ever do is say, oh I'm going to correct everybody else and nobody else has to correct me. Uh, there's a challenge there. But in a healthy community, uh, there should be space where we could look at the lives of one another and say, "Okay, here's maybe where we're missing it. There may be times where the spirit kind of guides us in that way. Uh, Probably about 15 to 20 years ago, uh, my youth pastor uh, corrected me on something. And uh, in the moment, I definitely did not like it. I was I was in Bible college at the time. I'm like, I'm starting to be a pastor. This guy trying to tell me this, you know, and kind of had that attitude. Uh, but there's been many times over the years where I've seen that that area resurface in my life, and I'm like, oh, he was right. And and, and it just kind of keeps coming back to me in that way. And so I'm glad that he was willing to have a hard conversation. I'm glad he was willing to take the time where I probably didn't want to hear it and, 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 and didn't want to receive it at least at first. And that's been beneficial to me in the long run. And so we need community. Can I suggest this is kind of the heart of of our community here for, for, for our groups and, and for our pipeline and other other environments that we would be in relationship with one another in a way that we can receive the hard things. And I get that that takes time, right? You, you can't just go there right away, and, and, but we have to invest in those things. And so I just want to thank you. You guys engage in those areas. We have great connect group leaders. We we have great vulnerability in those spaces. And so if you're in those places, we thank you for that. Um, but but our hope is that we would love each other humbly in that way. And we got to tread softly with that. We, we, we want to make sure we're here in the spirit clearly. Uh, on that but I believe this is a, a powerful way that God can use to search us and so the Holy Spirit searches us through scripture searches us through community I think also in our circumstances as well sometimes the Holy Spirit can can expose us so to speak in our circumstances to show us that we need alignment it could be maybe when we're trying to get somewhere over and over again and we keep hitting a roadblock and it could be the Spirit trying to get our attention in that and, and then the last way uh, would be in, in prayer, um, maybe journaling, stillness, those types of spaces, creating space for the Spirit to speak. And we've talked about this a little bit over the last few weeks. To just how how we're, we're we're busy people, and we often don't make space for God to speak in our life. And something I've been trying to do is I've been trying to journal more. I'm I'm not very good at it. I I, I don't particularly enjoy it. Um, but I found that when I spend some time, even just writing. Uh, some emotions that I'm working through. You know, we'll talk about how uh, emotions are are, are good helpers but not good leaders, but we also shouldn't bury them either. And and, and so I found journaling as a way to to maybe express some of those things. And I will say, God, here's where I'm frustrated right now. God, I don't see you working in this spot or that spot or I don't get it. And I found that even as just spending two, three minutes doing that, all of a sudden there's a lot of times that the Holy Spirit will speak in those moments and, and will encourage me when I need the encouragement, but also bring me into correction where I need the correction. And so all that's the how, what will the Holy Spirit find when he searches us? John sixteen eight to 11 says this, when he comes, referring to the spirit, he'll prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I would suggest today that when the spirit searches us, he's looking to see the condition of our hearts. And there's kind of two ways we could apply that. The, the spirit will root out both sin and motives in our lives. A, a, a lot of times we don't examine motives. We just look at things on a surface level. Should I have done this or should I have not done this? And that's okay. But I think we've got to ask deeper questions than that. What was my heart for that? What was my desires uh, in that? In John chapter 15, Jesus gives the illustration that, that we're to abide in him right, and and and, and we're to be connected to him. And that sometimes the father has to come and prune us, so to speak, in the areas, cut out the areas that, that are decaying, the areas that are not fruitful for the Lord. And, and so the spirit will often check our hearts in regards to sin and our motives and see where we need to have things potentially uh, cut out. But the spirit also doesn't stop there. The Spirit doesn't just say, here's what needs to be removed. The Spirit also puts in what needs to be put in. And then Jesus said in the Scripture, the Spirit's going to remind us about righteousness. And so as, as, as the Spirit says, hey, maybe here's where we missed it, it also puts a spotlight on Christ by reminding us of the righteousness of Christ. The Spirit reminds us uh, of the gospel. And so even when we're in a moment of correction, I believe the Spirit's still trying to encourage us in that moment of growth. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said this in 2 Timothy 3, he said, all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so there's going to be moments where we need correcting, moments where we're going to need rebuking, moments where we need teaching, training, encouragement, and the Spirit does all that. And so as I would suggest, as the Spirit searches us, yes, the Spirit may find things that need to be brought in alignment, but the Spirit also brings the encouragement and reminds us of the grace and the hope that we have of Christ uh, in those moments. And he's our advocate. He's working for our good. And so as we close today, it's really up to us to respond. That's something I find interesting uh, about the Lord. He doesn't, he doesn't control the response. Right? He gives us opportunity. He, he, he puts the word in front of us. The Spirit's there, constantly draws back to him. But then it's for us to respond. And it can be hard sometimes to respond when we're confronted by the Holy Spirit. When we're convicted and we see our own sin, it can be easy to make excuse. It can be easy to push it off. In fact, even if we think about the gospel of Jesus, right, the gospel reminds us that we need a savior. And sometimes we don't want to hear that. Right. That's that's not a popular message. We read this before from John 16. I want to read it one more time. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin, because the people do not believe in me about righteousness, because I'm going to the father where you can see me no longer and about judgment because of the prince of this world now stands condemned. And so we could kind of get, okay, the Holy Spirit points out sin. We could get the Holy Spirit points out the righteousness of Jesus. But we tend to shy away from that last one, the one that talks about judgment. We won't worry about that. In this passage, Jesus is talking about the prince of the world. He's talking about Satan stands, stands condemned. But ultimately, as the Spirit's working in our life, and if the Spirit is constantly calling us back to the truth, and the Spirit's constantly showing us Jesus, if we harden our hearts and ignore it, then we're positioning ourselves the same way that Satan positioned himself. And so there's a great need for us to be responsive to the work of the Spirit in our life and to not ignore what the Spirit's saying. Again, this is for our good. It, it, it's, it's not a gotcha moment. It's not a, oh, expose us just to expose us. It's for our good. And so today, my question is, how is the Spirit speaking to us and how will I respond? Maybe for some of us, again, online or in person, maybe the Spirit is pointing us to what Jesus has done, His death and resurrection, pointing us to, hey, there's a bigger picture here of salvation, and there's a hope that we need. And my encouragement is if you have never trusted in Christ as your hope, that's the first place to start. That's the first way that the Spirit wants to work in your life. The Spirit's not just trying to clean up our behavior so that we have clean behavior. The Spirit is trying to get us to embrace the hope of Christ. And then now the overflow of that, the other things change. And so if you've never done that before, if you're online, there, there's a link there. If you're here, we're going to do a card at the end. You could pop it there or you could come talk to anybody that's here. And you are saying, hey, I, I want to know what it means to really follow Jesus. I want to know what it means to understand Jesus' death and resurrection. We'd love to walk you through that and, and, and help you in that. But for others, where else is the Spirit pointing in our life? Maybe there's been a moment throughout this week where the Holy Spirit has been just kind of chipping away at us. Here's where it's need to grow. Here's where we need to grow. Maybe there's been moments where the Spirit's been showing us where we where we've been out of line. And so the question is, how will we respond? The response is to repent and believe. Say, okay, Jesus, this is not the way you've called me to go. Last week, when we talked from Romans, we were reading from the Connect Kids version that that uh, says it like this: that when we're being transformed by the renewing mind, we'll agree that what God says is right. And that's really what repent and believe is. I'm gonna agree that God's way is right, I'm going to believe that His way is better, and now I'm going to turn from those things, and I'm going to live a different way. And so as the Spirit is working in our life, maybe He's revealing things, and I'll just give an example. Maybe the Spirit is pointing out ways that we haven't been treating other people right. We could repent. We could agree, God, this is not right. What you say of how I should love this person is the right way to live. And so, Jesus, I'm asking you to help me to live in that way. I don't have to have the upper hand in the relationship. I don't have to get my way. I can speak kindly to these people. I can encourage them, whatever the case may be. For others here today, maybe the Spirit is trying to point us through encouragement. Maybe there's been a hard season we're walking through or there's a challenge we're going through and the Spirit is speaking to us and searching our hearts and saying, remember the righteousness of Jesus. Remember where you have placed our hope. We, too, get a chance to respond. Because we could either lean into that and say, okay, that's where I'm going to fix my heart and that's where I'm going to fix my mind as I walk through this season. Or we can continue to go down, you know, our own thoughts and our own path and say, yeah, but this situation, that situation. And so as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, whether it's in a corrective way or an encouraging way, we have the opportunity to respond. Nadine read this before during worship, but I'll read it one more time. Psalm 139, King David wrote this. He said, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's one of those ones I like to call a dangerous prayer. Dangerous because it, it makes us uncomfortable. right? If, if we're going to get corrected, it's probably going to be some things that are going to come out that are not going to be great that we have to deal with. But it's also a prayer for our benefit. And it takes our humility. And so as we respond today, it's going to be a little different. Normally when we close, we'll, we'll sing a song together. It'll be a little different today. Uh, some of our staff will be here to pray uh, for you for any need you have. Maybe you came here with, with a need completely unrelated to what we're, we're talking about today and just other stuff going on in life. We want to pray with you. Uh, maybe your need is related to what we're talking about today. We want to pray with you. Maybe you're trusting your life to Christ. We want to pray with you, and so we'd be glad to do that today. Um, but for others, I, w- I would say today maybe our response and would just be to sit here in a little bit of the stillness of the moment and ask the Spirit to correct us. Lord, search me pray that prayer of Psalm 139. Lord, search me. Show me. Where are the areas, Lord? Where do I need to be brought in line? Maybe we need a word of encouragement from the Holy Spirit today for what we're going through. Holy Spirit, would you speak that? This year, our, our theme as a church has been to be still. And uh, Pastor Frank shared with us at the beginning of the year that being still really meant laying down our weapons of war, of how, how we want to do things. And so when I think about the Holy Spirit searching us, it's Laying down, Lord, I got my plans. I know how I want to do it. I think I know what truth is. But I, I need to hear it from your way. And that's what I need to lean into. And so just as Jeremy plays for us today, will we just stay in that attitude? If you need prayer, we're here to pray for you. We'll, we'll close service in just a few moments. But also we could just take some time just to just allow the Spirit to search us and speak and encourage us and, and lead us in that. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.